0: Good morning, Crossroads. It's a great day to be back in God's house today. Um, I love that uh, kickoff video. It's great to be back home. Uh, Last three weeks, I've been preaching at another church. Of course, some of y'all saw me here last Sunday. It was kind of cool. I got to preach at another church via video while I was sitting here. Uh, So it was pretty cool to, to do that. It was interesting. Our technology we have today. Um, You ever been in the middle of a... You ever been like going around and uh, all of a sudden a storm comes out of nowhere and hits you? Uh, I think of uh, different things in uh, different ways as we go throughout life that storms come out of nowhere and they get us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 14. It's a very familiar verse of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always heard it, every time I've heard it preached, I've heard it preached from the angle of having faith to step out of the boat and get on the water. Today, I'm going to hit it from the angle of what happens when you've stepped out of the boat, you've had faith. And now you're sinking what you've got to do to get back on the right path. Um, That being said, uh, I think one of the biggest statements that I, I see in Christianity today is there are so many people that are working for God, but so few people who are walking with God. And one of the things I think we need to take away today is... We need to work on our relationship with God, and we need to get back walking with God while we are working for God. If we walk with God the right way, we'll be working where He wants us to be working. Uh, You know, uh, one of the things that every time I think about a storm, I think about, you think about the hurricanes, think about tornadoes, you think about all this stuff, and one of the biggest things I I think of is every time there's a big storm, everything halts. Everything halts around it. Uh, you know, a hurricane comes in, people start evacuating, they uh, batten down the hatches, they forget about daily life, and they start working on protecting themselves from the storm that's coming. I've had the uh, I don't know if you would call it the privilege or not, but as a uh, volunteer fireman and as a paramedic, I've had the privilege of working in two tropical storms as they were coming, you know, still tropical storm force winds when they come across Raven County. And, uh, and two weeks before uh, my wedding, I was on shift uh, as a paramedic and we had a tornado come through. And, uh, you know, they dispatched us out uh, to the area on Lake Burton in reference to houses exploding. And as you're driving down the road, you've got tree limbs like this big around bouncing off the ambulance. And I look over at my partner and I say, do we really need to be heading into the storm because what happens if we're the ones that need to be rescued? Uh, You think about that. You've got all of this stuff that's daily living going on and this was the same hurricane, that, or same tornado that came through Birmingham, uh, 2011. It came across Raven. And all of a sudden, the daily grind is not as important anymore. We focus on the storm that's around us. And as we do in that, we lose sight of some of this. You know, we, we're just taking care of what we can take care of to stay safe at that time. Uh, And you've got, when I originally wrote this, I put in my notes, you have two options when you're in the storm walking on the water and you start to sink. Uh, Since then, God revealed that you actually have three options. You sink, tread water, or cry out to Jesus. Initially, I forgot to put the sink part. But I was like, you know, if you don't know how to tread water, you're going to the bottom. So you've got three options when you're walking on the water and the storms come after you, you go straight to the bottom, you start treading water or you cry out to Jesus. Um, And before we get into the meat of the scripture, I want to do a Billy Watts Cliff note version of what's going on up to this scripture in Matthew 14. What we have is Jesus was just told that John the Baptist was beheaded. So Jesus is trying to Sneak off from the crowds so he can have him a quiet time. You know, even Jesus needed a quiet time so he could focus back on the Father. Well, we see in the Scripture here, I, I, I challenge you, go back and read it later so that you, you know exactly that I'm not telling you any uh, bogus information. As he's trying to get off for his quiet time up in the mountains, a crowd gets around him. So he starts to preach. Uh, the disciples get hungry and they start, Hey Jesus, it's dinner time. Hey Jesus, it's dinner time. Then they, he says, well, go feed them. And they, they don't, uh, they're like, you crazy? How are we supposed to feed these people? There's 5,000 people here, 5,000 men here. How are we supposed to feed them? And then Jesus said, well, find some food. They went through, rounded up, uh, what they could find, uh, was it five loaves and two fish? Or two fish and five loaves? Sometimes my dyslexia kicks in. Uh, they found what they could find, and Jesus breaks it up. And they have enough food to feed 5,000 men, and who knows how many women and children are there. It, the Bible just records 5,000 men. And uh, you get 5,000 hungry men around, and you only got two, two fish and five loaves. It's... It, it's amazing that God was able to feed everybody, but they had twelve baskets left over well then Jesus, after he gets through preaching, everybody's full, he tells his disciples he 's like, y'all go get in a boat and go to the go to the other side. He wanted to he still needed his quiet time with God, and if Jesus needs his quiet time with God, don't we need some quiet time with God? You know it, people overlook the little little scriptures in the Bible about Jesus needing to himself steal away and talk to the Father. And here we are, we don't take time to sneak away and try to talk to the Father. But Jesus sends the disciples out, and uh, we'll pick up reading in uh, Matthew 14, 22. It says that immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of Him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd, uh, he went up. That night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, uh, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. "It's a ghost," they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately says to them, Take courage. It is I, be not, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come, come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked, got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. When he saw, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried aloud, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why why did you doubt? And then they climbed into the boat. The wind died down. And then those who were in the boat whispered him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You know, here we see it. It says here, shortly before dawn. Uh, other versions of the Bible say the fourth watch of the night. It's, it's really late. It looks like it's about to become morning. Uh, so the boat is probably a good ways away from the land. And here comes Jesus. Can you imagine being in a boat and the waves are high and the wind is blowing and all of a sudden somebody comes walking on the water? Can you imagine what these guys are thinking? And the, all of a sudden they start whispering between them, does this not sound like today's church? We, we see something wrong, and uh, all of a sudden we start gossiping, or we start uh, backbiting, or we start doing something that uh, is bringing the church down instead of moving the church forward. And then all of a sudden, Jesus speaks up in verse 22. He says, Take courage as I be not afraid. You know, in the middle of the storm, You've got all of this stuff around you raging. And, you know, I can just imagine um, as you've got all this stuff going on, you've stepped out of the boat. You take that, today's anything that you have, you step out on faith, and all of a sudden you start, the bills are coming or life is getting tough. Um, The last... uh, Last six months, I was, just came off the elder board. Last six months, I was on the elder board. Uh, this became our theme. Ste- this is our step out of the boat moment. I don't know how many times I heard it. This is our step out of the boat moment. Well, what I want to encourage all of us is we've stepped out of the boat and the storms are around us. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. We've got to, we've got to do what it takes. It says here, take courage, it is I. Be not afraid. Or, you know, that's, that's the King James version. <laughs> but, you know, it says take courage. Don't be afraid. How many times once we're out of the boat and the water starts getting a little rocky, we start getting scared. We start uh, wondering what's going to happen next. We're gonna st- we start seeing things in our lives that uh, we're scared of or what have you. And... Then, then you see, good old Peter. Good old Peter. He he reminds me a lot of myself. You know, I I think Peter probably said something at this right here before he even thought. You you see, Jesus going, "Hey, take courage. Don't. It's I. Don't be afraid." And then all of a sudden, you get good old Peter says, "Hey, hey God, or hey Jesus, if that's you, summon me to get out of the boat." Wait a minute, what did I just say? <laughs> did I just say that for you to tell me to get out of the boat? <laughs> That's crazy. What do you mean? You know, Peter reminds me so much of me because sometimes we say something and stick our foot in our mouth before we even think about what we said. I can remember, I remember the first time that uh, I'm an impact group with Rod and I said, you know, I think I'm being called to preach. Next thing I know, Rod's over there with the calendar open going, what day's good for you? <laughs> You know you you gotta sometimes you gotta be careful what you say because you might wind up up here uh, <laughs> and then then you get peter you he got out of the boat and he he starts to take a couple steps, and as he's taking the steps uh his eyes are on Jesus, but then all of a sudden uh he gets the wind. Uh, and the waves beating on him. What I imagine is the first time that he takes his eyes off Jesus is the first time that big wave just comes right over top of his head. And he says, whoa, what am I doing? You know, It's kind of like the first time you go to the ocean. Uh, we went to Hawaii on our honeymoon. And uh, one of the beaches we stopped at, I, I'm telling you, I was that deep in the water. And the waves were coming over top of my head. And you start thinking about, man, what, what am I getting into here? Uh, you, you can only think about what Peter's thinking. He stepped off out of, on faith, in his faith to follow, do, go to Jesus because Jesus says, come. How many times have we stepped out in our faith because we felt like Jesus telling us to do something? And when we, when we do it, all of a sudden we start seeing the worst things in life around us that are possible. We focus so much on the negative, and when we start focusing on the negative, we lose sight of God. We lose sight of Jesus. We lose sight of the one who holds our hand. And we lose sight of everything that God wants us to do, everything Jesus wants us to do. And then it says, as he starts to sink, what did he do? He cried out, Lord, save me. That's all you've got to do. Cry out, Lord, save me. And, you know, we lose, we lose focus in so many different ways in our lives that, you know, we never know which ways or what is pulling us in the wrong direction. So we've got to get closer to God, closer to Jesus, to find out, you know, what God is telling us to do, what God wants us to do. Um... I'm going to focus on a couple of passages I found as I was studying for this. It's funny how when you're in your quiet time and you're studying for uh, a message, it seems like everything you read, you want to start adding to the sermon. Uh, finally, I was telling Rod, I, I got into Jeremiah, and everything I was reading, I'm like, I need to put that. In I, I, finally, I was like, I just got to let this go because <laughs> uh, uh, we could have a seven-hour sermon. <laughs> that's, that's a different story. Uh, but in Isaiah chapter sixty-five, and uh, verse two, it says, "All day, all day long, I have held out my hands to an obstinate people who walked in ways not good, persuading their own imagination or pursuing their own imaginations." Can you imagine that we've got God sitting out there with His arm stretched out, but we're going around following our own? imagination. We're following whatever we want to do. We're not thinking about God. We're not thinking about Jesus as we go. We we all we gotta do is just cry out to Jesus. Cry out to God. He's right there. But we don't do it. Uh, Isaiah twenty nine thirteen The Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught. Today, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with God? Or is what you do when you come to church just based merely on rules that you've been taught? So many people I talked to were raised in church, come up through church, and was in church all their lives and sometimes it was in their early twenties. I know a few that was in their thirties before they ever got the relationship with God they needed because they were following human rules. They was they didn't they were following a religion, not a relationship. Isaiah 30, as I told you, you you get in your quiet time and you stay in the same book. Isaiah 30, verses 1 through 3. I was right there, then I closed my Bible. (laughs) Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord, to those who carry out their plans that are not mine forming an alliance but not my spirit not by my spirit <clears throat> heaping sin upon sin who go down to Egypt without consulting me who look for help to pharaoh's protection to egypt's shade for refuge but pharaoh's protection will be to your shame egypt's shade will bring you disgrace see they went this is god's people israel Instead of coming to God to protect them, they're going to Egypt. They're going to a Pharaoh, a whole different king. Today, we see all around us a whole bunch of people who are upset over an election, who are upset because a person didn't get elected into office, and they're going to a person to protect them. They're not going to God. They're not coming to God. You know, whatever, whoever gets elected in the White House, whoever gets elected anywhere, you know, God allows that to happen for a purpose. Um, it's God who saves us, not a person. It's uh, God who brings us home, not, uh, you know, we've just got to reach out to Him. We've got to look up and say, God save me we look for ways to get, get things done without calling on Jesus to help us. Today, where's your where's your focus? Is it on earthly levels of God's come uh, or or on godly completion? Yeah, you know, we look to everything around us to try to save us, but we don't we don't look to uh, God for some reason. And here's another verse that uh, I learned I think I knew this verse before I ever got saved. Uh, first, uh, James chapter 1, verse 27. But here's the funny thing, is every time I ever heard this, ch- this verse in church, I think for the most part, the last half of this verse was left out. It tells us, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their own distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That last, that last section of uh, Scripture right there just tells so much. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to keep ourselves from being polluted from the world. My question to you today is, what are you, you, know, what are you doing to focus on God? Or are you keeping yourself being polluted by the world? What are you doing to keep yourself from being polluted for the world? Is even another question. We constantly have things around us that uh, uh, pull us down and, and pull us away from God. How do we get ourselves back on track? How do we get ourselves back to where we need to be? How do we get ourselves over to God? Isaiah 59.1 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. See, so we've got to cry out to God. We've got to cry out to Jesus. We've got to, uh, we've got to have uh, God to come down and save us. We've got to open our hearts to him. We've got to get back uh, focusing on the one who matters not the things around us that don't matter. In uh, Galatians 5 19-21 and I'm going to tell you this morning if this verse of scripture right here pierces your heart and if this scripture verse of scripture right here makes you angry maybe it's God telling you that something in this passage is something you need to change in your life. In Galatians 4, 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, uh, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's only one way to inherit the kingdom of God, and that's to call out to Jesus and to get your life right and to to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, my question to you is, have you exchanged your God for worthless idols? Have you taken, as you're stepped off the boat and you're walking on the water and the storms are beating you down, have you taken your eyes off God? Have you taken your eyes off Jesus? Have you taken, you know, you're starting to sink. Have you cried out to Jesus to help pick you up? You know, my favorite, my favorite here in, uh, uh, in Matthew is, you know, you get, he cried out, Lord, save me. But then immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Now, we, you think about that. Immediately, as he focused back on God, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Now, as, as you're thinking about that, it doesn't say immediately, Jesus ceased the storm. It doesn't say immediately, Jesus Stopped everything that was going on around him. It just says he reached out his hand to him. And then, my biggest thing here is you know, you get some people who will tell you, all you got to do is follow God and things are going to be roses. If you look at this, it doesn't say immediately the sea stopped. It says immediately he reached out his hand and caught him. And then there, they've still got to, who knows how far Peter was out before the waves started. Before he lost focus. He could have been five yards. He could have been 150 yards. It doesn't tell us that. It leaves it to our imagination to figure, you know, to wonder. But then, to me, the most important part of this scripture, as we're, as in the back of our heads, minds, you know, Jesus reached out and caught him and picked him up. We're thinking, well, Jesus is... Jesus is happy. But this next, verse, this next scripture says, you of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Wait a minute. Jesus just reached out and pulled him up and, and, and has him in safety. They're still in the storm right here. And Jesus is rebuking him. Jesus is saying, why, why, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You know, tells me that sometimes even after we reach out to God, we still have to go through a little punishment sometimes before the storms settle, before the storms cease. Um, then he says, and when they climbed back into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worship him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. See, they, however far out they were, they walked back through the storm they get in a boat because it says they got in a boat before the waves died down, before the storm left. Sometimes God picks us up. He might dust us off a little bit, but sometimes we might take a little spanking because we uh, wandered away from the fold a little bit. You know, uh, we, I've got a three-year-old at home, and uh, I don't know. Everybody I talk to that has a three-year-old has the same problem, putting them to bed at night. Oh, my golly. And and I can't help but think while we're putting her to to bed at night how this may be God talking to us sometimes and us being the ones pitching the fit. (laughs) You know, God saying, hey, I want you to go do this. And we're like, no, God, I don't want to go do this. And uh, last night we had to start... (laughs) To get her to go to bed and start behaving, we had to get a garbage sack and start putting her toys in time out. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until we hit the, the toys that struck a nerve that uh, she started behaving. You know, the Frozen doll or, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the Dora doll. You know, when we finally started getting those, it was like we were... And then we get over here in Galatians and we got a whole list of sins that are right there. If we have any of those in our lives and we've fallen away back into the same old trap that we used to be in, or if you've never taken a step out of the boat to follow God, today is a good day to do that. If any any of those sins that we hit in Galatians over there, if they struck a nerve when I read them off, that might be God putting your toy in the bag. You ever thought about that? God might be putting your toy in the bag, saying, "Son, it's time for you to get rid of that. It's time for you to come back to me." Today, my challenge for you is: if you taking that step and you're in the middle of the storm, it's time to time to uh, and you're starting to sink. It's time for you to either sink to the bottom. It's time for you to either tread water or, as I challenge you, it's time to get your look back up and speak to Jesus and say, God, save me. Jesus, save me. And then who knows what's next? We might probably get in a, a little spanking uh, from having, not having the faith that we needed. I can't always think uh, Peter's going to learn his lesson, but every time I read the Bible, it's always the same. And, and you know, we get over... In, later on into the Bible, or, or into John and other books, he, he, Peter's the one that God, Jesus tells him, Hey, you're the one I'm gonna build my church with. You know, and Peter's the first one in Acts that starts preaching. We see the same person here that stepped out of the boat and God had to reach down and pull him up because he was drowning is the same one that started to today's church, and that's my challenge to you. is If you're in the middle of the storm, you're sinking, you've lost what's going on, God may have you in a place. He wants you because five, ten years down the road, you may be the one that he's calling to step out and be the next church planter. You may be the one that's supposed to be the one that's leading your family, and you're not doing a good job of leading your family. You may be the one that. God wants to lead in children's, or you may be, you don't know what God is calling you to do later down the road by having you in the storm you're in right now. I, I've been living this sermon lately because it seems like I've had two or three get out of the boat moments, and uh, it looked like uh, everything was going to be awesome while I was out of the boat, and uh, the storms came, and it's so hard to, as the storms are around you, to reach back up and say, God, save me. But today is the day that if you're in the middle of that storm, to reach back up, reach out to God and ask Him to save you because He'll reach down and pull you back up. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you've never stepped out of the boat and onto the water, today is the day I challenge you, to open your heart to Jesus, because uh, you know you don't want to live the consequences. I want to lead us in a short in a prayer and turn it back over. Father God, we just thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for the blessings that you give us, God. We ask forgiveness of our sins, our shortcomings, and God, we just we ask that uh, you pick us back up out of the boat out of the water and and walk us over to the boat and calm the storms. And Father God, we just ask that if there's any here today that are not that don't know you as their savior, God, we just ask that you they just say this short prayer. Uh God, uh, uh I'm a sinner. I I believe in you and God just uh save me from my sins and Uh, help me be a new man. And Father God, we just ask that if there's any here today that need to uh, reach out to you and ask for forgiveness so that you can help them back in the water or back up on the water and in the boat, we ask that they do that today. And God, uh, we just ask that you continue to bless this church and use us to enlarge your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.